cliche this is a special episode you know why special no it's special can you guys guess okay anybody in the audience anybody in the, <laughs> in, the in our virtual <laughs> studio okay yeah, yeah. of course you can guess because you know that don't be like this if I... <laughs> so we are talking about the global pop culture phenomenon that is that is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm throwing up my (laughs) (laughs) So, to discuss this with us, we have a special guest, but I'll let our special guest introduce herself after my co-hosts have introduced themselves. Actually, we have two special guests, actually, because somebody that's not been (laughs) with us for a minute is with us now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Tell the people. Hey, hey guys, it's Amayo. Good to be back. Missed you all. Hey, hey. missed you too. Hey, everybody. This is Ifeyua. Hey guys, this is Onyeka, aka Yekao. And yes, we have special guest. Um, take it away, special guest. Tell us who you are. <laughs> um, I'm Ifanyi Awashi. Um. You may know me from a platform I run called Africa Salon. Um, I also have written for OK Africa in the past. That's actually how I discovered NYAC and how I met Ife. Yes. Um, I live in London. Yes. I live in London, which is where Ife and I kind of got to know each other over the past year. And I am currently working um, as assistant curator at the Institute of Contemporary Arts, where I feed my passion for all things contemporary and artistic. <laughs> nice. You guys should thank Ifani for mm. finding, I don't know, for connecting. Yeah. You. Like, we owe Ifani a debt of gratitude because she wrote oh, yes. the OK Africa article that led a lot of you <laughs> to find us. So big ups if I yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. And you guys Thanks should enjoy her and and, and yes. thank her. Okay. Cause yeah. Uh, it's All my right. Pleasure. It's my pleasure. And we invited <laughs> Ifai because of her work doing African Salon. She's very as she mentioned, very into African art and contemporary art mm-hmm. and all of those great things. And mm-hmm. she is also tell us about your background just a little, just a little bit, just a little. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Um. So I was born in Nigeria. I was born in Sukkot, but um, my hometown is Umunachi. Um, and I was uh, raised in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where my parents um moved uh, shortly after I was born. Um, and I lived for the past couple of years in Connecticut, so the northeastern United States. So I've lived in, you know, a very diverse city, a very black city, which is what Atlanta is, and um, a very kind of racially segregated um, city, which is the place where I lived in Connecticut. And uh, now living in London, I've experienced being around lots of other kind of first-generation Africans, which is how I see myself. But um, Mm. growing up in the States, I really experienced this kind of sense of double consciousness when it came to my identity because um, I was Black, but I was Nigerian. And there was like, I I didn't, I never felt like I was represented within Black culture, even though I felt, um, I eventually felt very strongly um, that I identified as Black and I became, I've become very, uh, explicitly pro-black in the past couple of years. We can talk about why if that's, that ends up being relevant. But um, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about how I think about myself and my kind of Nigerian background. Always felt very strongly Nigerian and um, I'm very proudly black as well. Yay! So, Amen. That's what... I feel like you took us to church. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We're all so, like clearing our throats and just <laughs> breathing hard things. Sitting up. Maybe you know, I'll cut you some, yeah. I know. 
Yeah, so because of Ifangi's unique, you know, experience with blackness in terms of she's lived in a lot of places where there are black people and she's had a lot of experience. So she's been to Colombia, right? You know, yeah. she's experienced yes. like blackness <laughs> in Latin America. So I was like, girl, come and talk <laughs> about Black Panther with us. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. So speaking of Colombia and global black diaspora, how do you ladies think people all over the world, people you know, people in the black diaspora have related to this movie and what are your feelings about it? Just just give us all your feels. Because like, okay, so I saw the Twitter hashtag Black Panther means to me or so I was like, you people are taking this a little too you know, person. Yeah. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh this is <laughs> but very and some there were some critics talking about oh like this is extra in the sense that we're 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 portraying we're projecting all of these feelings onto this Marvel Disney big corporation project that is Mm. we're just giving them free publicity that is whatever whatever but like yes, I I have a cynical side, and I also have a like my my more cynical side was like yeah that's true like why are we? But then I was like actually, we deserve all of the enjoyment. We deserve all of the feels for this. But you guys, tell me, tell me, tell mm. me how you feel. Mm. Uh, I can go. Yeah. Oh, um, I think depending on the, on the black person. So I know I've I've seen this movie. Um, twice so the first time i saw it was with african-americans and um a mother to a biracial kid um and so i feel like for a lot of the african-americans it was like finally like the feeling was finally finally i can see someone that looks like me represented in a way that i i have never imagined or finally like my kid has someone to um you know look up to or maybe dress up as for halloween you know like all, all these like really little things that we might just consider as you know whatever but then I've seen it again um with a Latino gentleman and a Caucasian female and um I think it was just interesting to just see the like like for the first time I felt like people didn't think that they needed to say something like who are not black is what I'm saying. It was just like, how do I learn about this moment that I just experienced? So there's that. And then I've had conversations with Africans who I feel like are the ones, in my opinion, who have taken this movie to a whole different level really? of all the think pieces and like just deep actual intellectual discourse about the elements of the movie, whether it's language, whether it's um, the costumes or all that stuff. So I think the people who I've had the deepest level of conversation with about this movie are actually Africans because for them, um, it seems like this movie transcended just being like a representation issue. Um, I think it, it went more or deeper than that for them. Uh, this is a favorite <laughs> and, uh, why are people giggling? Cause, um, and the question is the response of, you know, different parts of the diaspora to, you know, Black Panther. And, you know, I didn't even really, ah, man, sometimes one's worldview can be, well, my worldview can be very, can be narrowed sometimes. Because when mm-hmm. I saw the link that, you know, Ife, you shared about um, Black Brazilians um, yes. rallying around this to mm-hmm. go see Black Panther in a mall that is typically frequented by white and elite Brazilians. I was like, oh, damn. I didn't even think about, you know, other parts of the diaspora, like beyond the U.S. and Mm -hmm. beyond the continent. So that was great for, like, redefining my focus. Um, But I can imagine that one thing that probably unifies a lot of people in terms of, like, the response to Black Panther is just like this excitement because mm-hmm. I remember when it was first and like y'all I've been hype for the longest <laughs> time like my co-workers are probably exhausted by now like I've been giving them all the facts and all the <laughs> oh all the news bits <laughs> um 
just excitement because this is a, such a big deal. And and I was thinking to myself, I was like, why is this such a big deal? Because this is not the first black movie. Like we've had we've had black movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had. I mean, I don't even want to mention you know examples, but this is different because a it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's a blockbuster movie. Like the yeah. budget is like two hundred million was two hundred million dollars. Um, and so that being a big deal, but also to see that from the cast to the crew, like behind and be in front of the camera, mm. blackness, Girl. just blackness, straight up. You know, so that I think you know people were questioning the hype. Like, damn, why are you also hype and. I was listening to an episode of a different podcast. Tanahasi Coates was on there, and he was like, "Damn!" But the hype was valid, though. Mm. Like, you know, you're getting like when it's not like we we weren't just getting any off-brand black person. Come on, you know, oh, we were getting who we got. Like, and I'm sorry that came out kind of wrong, but I'm you know I'm no, just giving I'm giving you unscripted stuff right now. Like, it wasn't just like it wasn't just like any like let's just do this for the sake of representation yeah. like let's yeah. just get any black person in there which is what you know movies trying to answer quote-unquote the the question of diversity do they just grab different black people and say like oh are you guys satisfied this felt intentional come on this felt like a statement like it felt like <laughs> it, it was yeah so all those things intentional we had an not just intentional, but like we were getting the best of the best. Come on. If that makes any sense. Like we're getting a really great director. We're getting really great cast. We're getting really great crew. So all of that coming together and then this movie being about a fictional country in Africa, then you're also pulling other people in the diaspora that, oh, this is not just an American thing. Like we're bringing you all in as well because we want to make this film about this fictional country and y'all need to partake in this as well. So I'm just going to leave it there and hear from the rest of you definition of black excellence y'all like in the Mm. dictionary black panther is going to be next (laughs) to black excellence because that is what it is okay go on okay this is amayo um so i i have been off social media for some time now so i didn't really feel all the hype i mean obviously it's everywhere like it's on radio it's on tv every like everybody's going crazy about this movie right so there was that amount of exposure um but then i didn't really have like you know how like all the hashtags on twitter i didn't know anything about that i didn't really read much about the i didn't even know that what's his name michael p jordan was a villain until i walked in and watched the movie i I didn't know anything about the movie so i watched it with my friend and i just remember being so happy like all through the movie because you know how you're just so used to the black people being like the token black people or like you know there's just they just throw in one black person just for the point of being like oh yeah and then he's going to die first you know first 10 minutes Mm -hmm. um i i just i was i was very very thrilled i was i was just like whoa this is amazing and i remember thinking like i you know i for me i just really 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 want didn't want the hype to be you know just hype and then no substance like nothing to back it up i was so scared that you'd be you know high expectations and then just disappointments and then i was just like wow like this actually lived up to my expectations i mean i don't really i didn't really know much about the comic books like i didn't know what the story was so i can't say you know you know they missed they skipped this out this was that's not my business i don't care um, <laughs> well yeah no i enjoyed it and i mean from the people that i've spoken i've 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 heard mixed reviews but mostly about you know character development people thought like you know michael b jordan's um, eric killmonger was not that you know we didn't really get to you know see much from his character but that's a different conversation altogether and that's like script done yeah i think for me i i kind of opted out excuse me of the hype um (laughs) back when the film was first uh announced which i think was a couple of years ago actually and because I'm not a comic book person, I kind of thought, oh, that's cool, but I didn't really get into it, and I didn't think that it was going to turn into this phenomenon that it's turned into. I thought it would be this niche thing that appealed to, you know, comic book fans. Mm-hmm. But but the point about what Tanahasi Coates said is so right, because once you saw how many, you know, 
top build Hollywood actors, they crammed into this one movie. Like you couldn't not you couldn't not pay attention to it. Um, and there was something about seeing so much money being put into this story. I think that's <laughs> yes. like, when it comes down to it, it's like it was it deserved the hype and it was a big deal and it felt good because it was for me because of the money. Like to see somebody to see a, a brand spending so much money on a black story and not just mm. that, but a story where sitting in the theater, you actually could tell that black hands wrote the script. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like feeling every inch of the tension um between Killmonger and T'Challa and Wakanda feeling like um feeling how much it resonated with at least for me you know the tensions between African Americans and Africans which is something I think mm-hmm. about so much and have written about as well um you just sense that whoever wrote the script got it in a deeper way than just being able to kind of pay homage to that tension on screen or or try to replicate that tension on screen it was a black story and um, a cast that was, you know, un- unignorable, if that's a word. You couldn't, you couldn't look away because there were so many of, you know, our best, <laughs> the best of Hollywood um, on screen. Wonderful. So we'll talk about, oh, there's a question that, that addresses this later, or hopefully we'll get to that question. But what if, if it was said about the budget you know, a black movie with this budget. And I just it just struck me I'm like, if we if black filmmakers and crew and we're giving the same opportunities, like, you know, how much more excellent movies would have would have been made? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like mm. if we're I was like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Mm. That's what just like, <laughs> came to my mind. It's like, ah anyway. Let's move on. Let's move on. So visuals of the movie costumes makeup set as it relates to the african cultures we're familiar with how what are your feels about that what do you think because like wakanda it was it was a beautiful movie from beginning to end the sets the cinematography the the what was the what are the technical words if it were madame filmmaker in the making <laughs> <laughs> like it was just i mean yeah you're killing it all of it was just, it was so good to look at and how all of the different elements of african cultures were woven together was pretty it was it was just it was yeah awe-inspiring in addition to visuals can we also talk about sound yes yes come on all of it all of it all of the things that made the the soundtrack Mm. all of the things that made the movie the movie and Mm -hmm. uh, i oh my god i wish i'd watched this movie (laughs) again yesterday so that it would be fresh in my in my Mm. as they say I mean, sure. talk, just really quickly, when you said costume, I was just like, Shuri, Shuri, Shuri. Yeah. yeah. Say more, say more, Maya. I loved her character. I love her wardrobe, like everything she wore, her mm. humor. And I just love that she was like, she brought the like urbanness, if I, I guess, if I could say. Mm. Like, like the, the modern vibe. Exactly, yeah. modern. It's like, Africa, yes, as a continent, it's very diverse. It's very traditional in some places, but then there's also like, there are, like, it's just, there's just so much to the continent. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just like that she was that like youthful, urban, like tech guru, mm-hmm. um, you know, stylish, smart, funny. I was just like, this girl is just... And like, I remember people were saying, oh, Shuri is my, my new favorite Disney princess. Oh, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> that's really funny. I can't relate. Um, but no, I just loved her character. She was great. Um, and then can we talk about Angela, is Angela Bassett? Yeah. Ooh, the queen. And mm. how Ooh, black yeah. don't crack. I mean, hey. just saying. <laughs> That lady is something else. She's such a strong actress, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I was really feeling all her. What um, what I, I don't know, like what they call them turbans, those things that she put on. Her those head, were like, phenomenal. Yes. Her capes, her dresses. Yeah. You know, I, I paid attention to costume a lot. I don't know why. When I watch movies, costume is like the big thing for me. Wardrobe and like I was very impressed by, 
you know, some of, some of the things, like, it, it was, you could tell that it was inspired by the continent. Like, that's what mm. I loved. It wasn't just, like, some abstract, like, oh, you know, Zamunda. <laughs> Sorry. I had to. Sorry. Yes, please. Um, but no, you could tell that it was, you know, inspired by the continent, like. It wasn't like, like an Daniel imagination Columbia. of like random and, shit that you think Africans, exactly, you know, it was like exactly like you could actually, tell that things came from different countries on like mm-hmm. it was just great. It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, I will say I loved Shuri's looks. I was I watched the film with my friend who's a stylist and afterward we were like, Yes, she was on point, the lace white, um, kind of mismatched uh dresses and you know, her accessories, everything were so on point, so contemporary, so kind of creative and emblematic of you know africa's inventiveness and Mm. our our potential to to set trends but i did have an issue with a couple of things um speaking about visuals broadly so number one um lupita's ankara print dress was was not right for the occasion i'm sorry it was just very (laughs) the, the, the casino one exactly yes so you know this event was supposed to be um, you know, patronized by the elite of the elites. You know, this isn't some mm-hmm. gala that, you know, rich people are invited to. This was so elite that it was in the, you know, it was off the map. It was off the grid. It was in the back of this, you know, uh, chicken stand. You know, it was gambling was going on. It was like super, super, super exclusive. And so I felt like her her outfit was meant to be like, oh, this is what, you know, contemporary african elites would wear to this type of thing but why can't contemporary african elites be portrayed wearing designer like wearing gucci wearing prada like why is it that we're wearing these flowing you know ankara print dresses not that there's anything wrong with ankara it has its place but i felt like it was compared to you know other looks in the in the movie things that the royal family was wearing around the palace it felt casual and it felt like the Ankara was meant to be a stand-in for richer materials. So that was, that really stood out to me. And then speaking more broadly about the visuals, I remember leaving the theater and saying to my friend that the city scenes outside of the palace in Wakanda and the, the rural scenes, um, and I'm sure we're going to get into this because we read a lot about other people who raised these issues. Um, they made me wonder whether the set designers' imaginations kind of reached uh, their limit when they were imagining Wakanda. And I really don't want to criticize them because they did create a beautiful world. But not, not much in the in the film outside of, you know, Shuri's lab or the palace felt imagined to me. And a lot of, um, of people have been saying the same thing, like I mentioned. You know, the street, the street scene where um, T'Challa and Naki are walking, talking about how you know, T'Challa's trying to convince his boo to come back home, you know. Um, <laughs> I thought, if this is really, like, a futuristic African city, why are the roads still unpaved? Have we not solved mm-hmm. this problem? You know what I mean? We still are <laughs> selling woven woven baskets, like, people are eating, mm-hmm. at, people seem to be eating, you know, street food, and that's that's obviously a very hip part of kind of global culture, so that's that's something, but I really felt like, you know, Lagos was more futuristic than Wakanda in that sense. And then, and then in the scenes where we're seeing, um, Daniel Kaluuya's character, for example, tending his rhino, what, what was imagined about that? Like it just, it just was unfortunately another example where I thought this is a story where we, we continue to kind of in, imagine Africa or represent Africa in the same restricting terms that it's always um framed by i think that's very interesting because i i actually thought that those scenes made it more authentic i mean for a country that's in africa right we can't assume that you know everything is perfect and i i thought i actually kind of liked those scenes because i mean yeah like there's the urban and developed side but then the truth is there's also the not as developed side of Wakanda I guess so I mean I think it would have just been too much if everything was just so super developed and techie like that would have just been too much for me at least I don't know I like like there was like the urban and then the rural and then the you know like the street scenes like I kind of liked the I mean I I, I didn't really think there was any interaction between I I, I agree that they didn't really blend that well because I like they almost seemed like 
different places mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like not one wakanda but then i still kind of like yeah mm-hmm. I, don't i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah 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 Yeka, oh, you had some thoughts, some burning thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm gonna phrase what I'm gonna say. Um, I think reading a lot of the articles and hearing people's critique of, you know, other people's creative ideas of what a futuristic Africa looks like, is it's kind of a slippery slope for me because I'm yes. thinking, okay, if we're thinking of a futuristic Africa, right? Paved roads, like, uh, how do I say this? Like, mm, okay, okay. So, okay, why, why, why do we have paved roads? Do we have paved roads, say in Nigeria, for example, because we need paved roads in Nigeria, or did paved roads come as a result of people exploring and going to other places and saying, okay, well, we have these cars and these cars would run smoother on this, or were our people just fine deciding that they were going to create something, I don't know, using, you know, animals or things that were more natural, um, in their surroundings. So I think it's a slippery slope to have certain expectations, um, when it comes to what we think a futuristic Africa looks like when the reality is a lot of things that we do experience on the African continent is as a result of our experiences and interactions with the Western world, regardless. Mm. Perfect. Mm. Segue. No. Segue. Segue. Wait, segue. no, we are not finished. No, we are not segue. So when I saw the question about um the visuals like everybody said what a beautiful movie i saw it twice but i'm going to say it one more time in yes. imax because Ooh. somebody hey, that i know I who saw it, it in imax was like she just wanted to uh, leak the screen <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was like every like you, like just imagine everything like the dora milaji like uniform just like popping on the screen so she said like <laughs> it was really gorgeous so i'm like i need to see that and i need to watch it but okay so the other thing i wanted to say is when I read that question, it reminded me of this thread on Twitter that I saw by Somali blogger Waris. Um, and she just like broke it down, like the hair and the head wrap, the lip plates, the headdress, mm-hmm. the inspirations for all the outfits. And it just goes to show like, ah, man, guys, I don't even know if I can even fully express my love for <laughs> not just this movie, but Ryan Coogler yeah. as a director. And like, uh, okay, okay, let me uh, guys just give me space. If they were not an actual studio, <laughs> was, have all the so, I mean, so first of all, I think it's a testament that, like, it, yeah, this part came from his mind and he had all these ideas, but also it's a testament to who he is as a director, as a leader that he surrounds mm. himself with mm-hmm. talent Come on, from snap, the custom snap, designer. Snap. Like, well, he is choosing, he's choosing the best of the best, like, production yes. designer, mm-hmm. he got Hannah. Like custom designer, he got Ruth. You know, cinematography, he got a white woman who we love her. She's great. Wow. But, you know, <laughs> it's not a black woman, but she's great, and she's worked with him on other stuff. But it just mm-hmm. shows that like he's surrounding himself with like actors, like yeah. you know Angela Bassett and like Chadwick. So all of that, and just as, like the research that was done, I know one of the articles. Um, Africa as a country, they mentioned like Black Panther being like anthropological, which I mean, I don't know that it was supposed to be a critique, but <laughs> I'm going to take it as it was just like somebody has said, like a lot of movies about Africa has been stereotypical and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, it has been like to put us down and some semblance of shame. Mm-hmm. But like in this movie, even though people say like the limits are, they could have completely reimagined this fictional country. I think it's still, they did such a great job to highlight because it was, I, I can imagine like somebody who is from, I don't know, Ethiopia, like watching and being able to point out like, Oh, that's from my culture. And like seeing yes. it used in a good way, mm-hmm. like not to, as you know, oh, this is exotic or like, this is like, you know, not good enough. So, so that is what I wanted to say. And then the other thing I wanted to say is, um, in response to the city scenes, one thing I, I read the first comic book, the one written by Tanahasi Coates, and I kind of interpreted that as this first 
hopefully there will be more. And in this first movie, they're really trying to establish Wakanda as a country, but also establish the monarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like wherever there's a monarchy, you know, there's there's always something that is overlooked. So initially mm-hmm. I was thinking like maybe the tech hasn't gotten to the people. Okay. Because a lot of the film revolves around the people in the castle and the royalty. We don't really get to see how, you know, for example, when Killmonger came, we don't know how he's... I don't know, maybe he was in power for 24 hours, but we don't know how it affected <laughs> the everyday people. Yeah. You know, we were only seeing the maybe, tension yeah. through the royal family. Mm-hmm. So that was one idea I had. I was like, oh, maybe, I don't know, they really distributed the tech to the lower, you know, people, but maybe it's only those in the castle that are enjoying it. Because, I mean, the Jabari, they're living in the mountains. So, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, are they getting their own vibranium? so it's like as much as we love like black panther and their families like it's also like a monarchy and they have control over the resources i think um the the point that it's it's anywhere right yes yes just made raises the fact that before we can even critique before i can make the critique that i made i have to establish whether the point of uh, black panther was to kind of pay homage to Africa as it is and to the diaspora as it is or to really create something new from the ground up. And I think mm-hmm. it did serve a really valuable function by uh, providing representation of all these cultures, um, which it did in this kind of um, Pan-African um, mm-hmm. and, and, and at, at its best Pan-African, at its worst, this kind of jumbled fusion um, way. But I think you're right. I mean, for, for, for this movie to kind of include, be so inclusive in its representation, I think served a, a valid function. I was going to say something similar to Ifani, but uh, particularly about, I like the fact that, for me, I like the fact that technology didn't really, didn't mean like elimination of customs. It didn't mean elimination mm. of the mm-hmm. familiar, you know? So, for example, mm. Wakabi's, mm. Wakabi's um, outfit it was a the blanket but it was also a shield like how they made that yeah. mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. they yeah. made that futuristic and still recognizable that's one of the yeah. like the, well, that's one of the things i love about the visuals of of black panther and the fact that okay yes they were rearing rhinos but like maybe there were some like technological things that were hidden in the pots, you know, like maybe it looked like a hut. It had, because our, uh-huh. our ancestors, they were not, you know, they, they were smart in Nigeria. It's all concrete yeah. and steel and it's terrible. It's not suited to the climate, mm-hmm. but our ancestors lived in mm-hmm. mud, in, in, in mud huts Quite, and in yeah. hatch. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that was cool in the, you know, it kept cool. It kept you warm, mm-hmm. you know. It was it was very yeah. suitable to the climate. So like, mm-hmm. I I like the fact that they recognized or they kept some of these traditional things that some of us or some of our parents have discarded in in the hunt for new and shiny and flashy, and they retain some of mm. that. And yeah, I don't know if I'm making sense, but essentially, yeah. I like the fact yeah. that technological advancement didn't mean complete. Discard, discarding of of tradition and what we're familiar with is is the summary of what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah. So funny because I was just talking about that with one of my friends um, the other day about how I forget who it was. You know, in the King series, um, King Women series that um, mm-hmm. Kemi Adesiba did. I think it was. I forget. I forget who it was. Mm-hmm. I said it, but she's an architect, and she's talking about how. You know, like, you know, there's Roman architecture, there's, you know, Greek architecture, but there really isn't any kind of, like, African architecture, right? Because we're all trying to copy the West, and we all try to imitate what they're doing without even thinking fully if it's what's best for us, right? Mm. So if we, I mean, there was a reason why, like you said, like, why traditionally we have um, mud houses, and it's not that, you know, maybe mud houses aren't exactly what we need right now, but maybe there is like a better alternative to what we're doing as opposed to you know all this concrete like you said it's not even good for with all these heats like i'm just dying in my house right now because <laughs> it's quite it's quite hot really um but yeah so like we don't really try to adapt to what fits our situation and that's like like you said in black panther you know the like everything was 
like intentional everything like was useful even though like yes like you said the shields and the um what's it called yeah i mean it was yeah it was great it was good it was good mm. okay so smooth segue although my my segue was not as it's not as it's not gonna be as smooth <laughs> But I will not apologize. What did you think of Black Panther's portrayal of an African nation untouched by colonization is still a re- response to colonization in some form? So we've kind of already talked about this a little. Um but yeah, what what do you guys think? Oh, is the question redundant? Like we kind of have talked about it, so I don't know. Do you have anything? Yeah, but we can we can still touch on it a little. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If anyone has thoughts, so has a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's been in my chest. Like I've been asking my coworkers, I've like, have you seen it? I know you're white, but have you seen it? Because give, I need them to give them their money because those people worked hard. Have you seen that movie? They worked hard, so everybody needs to see it. Um, but no, I thought. So this is, uh, is that, because mm. I'm reading all the articles and the think pieces, including mm. the ones that are thinking. I'm reading Girl. everything just to see what's out there. But there's, there's this fine line where I'm like, okay, how much are we actually asking of this film? Mm. And so there were some articles that I read and I, and I love Ife, props to you. You did such a thorough job creating mm-hmm. and curating the reading material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one article is saying, like, damn, this is such a response to colonialism and, you know, all these things. And I'm like, but, I mean, just the, the fact that Wakanda is supposed to be this country that is that isolates itself from the world does not mean that it is not aware mm-hmm. of what is happening in the world. Right. Because we see that, and because they say, like, oh, we're not going to get into this, polit- you know, what's happening in the rest of the world because, you know, T'Challa was like, I am the king of Wakanda. I'm not the king of other countries. Mm-hmm. But they know what's happening. So I thought that some of the the critiques about, like, oh, uh, why are they saying this? And why are they saying that if they're supposed to be untouched? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, they're untouched, but they're not blind. It's just yeah. that they refuse to participate. I agree. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they refuse to participate, but they're still aware of what's going on. And I think also people should also keep in mind that Black Panther is part of a Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And so this ties into like the CIA agent as well, which I mean, there's some critics that are definitely valid, but I'm like, Guys, just remember that like Black Panther appears in Civil War. He's going to appear in Infinity War. <laughs> so as much as this is really a Black movie, it's also part of this universe. And there some of the... Yeah, anyways, the influence... It's not completely... Free of the creative yeah. influence of the Marvel yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Because it's part of a tapestry of movies as well. Mm-hmm. It's like Wakanda, but it's also Black Panther. Also, Black Panther leaves Wakanda to do other things with like the, can you, what are they calling them? The Avengers. Mm-hmm. So it's like he, they, anyways, yeah. So that, and there are some critiques about like, oh, we should have made stuff from the ground up. They should have reimagined Africa from the ground up, which, you know, Ifai and some other people also touched on as well. But I think that would have been a different movie. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that... um, I And I I can't say this with full confidence, but I don't imagine that they would have gotten the global response that they would have gotten. Because I think some of... In the trailer, you could see the representation of different type parts of, like, people's culture. And everybody felt invested mm-hmm. to, like, see that. Mm. So I think if you if you just... Re- also, hmm, the other thing... Onika talked about this. But everybody's vision of a futuristic Africa is different. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't... <laughs> like, what's my future of Africa? Like, the details would be different from somebody else's. Like, how you would imagine it. Mm-hmm. So this is one person. And also, it's... And somebody did mention this in the article... And the man that made it, Kugler, he's African-American, but he's also, you know, the, yeah, so shaped by their upbringing, lenses, like, so that yeah. shapes, mm-hmm. so it shapes the lenses. Um, also, the last thing, <laughs> God, I could talk forever about this movie. Keep going. But, like, the last thing just, is, like, you have this part with you with all your thoughts. <laughs> you like it. <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing is, like, if I, yeah, yo, like, undercover Wakandan out here, but I'm loyal, please nobody kill me, I'm loyal, I'm loyal. Um, 
But yes, the other last thing I'll say is like if it was completely reimagined, then it doesn't give it a sense of place. Does that make sense? Like if it's like if they, if they say like oh it's too rooted in a family like if it's completely reimagined, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be able to like it might lose its sense of place is all I'm trying to say. But oh, if it were to go to school, yo, I know she should have a a course on this. I know. Yeah, I, know. I feel like I should just be black the Wakandan ambassador. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> will the delegate from wakanda please speak <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm with ify on this one yeka oh by the way i'm with ify on this one as far as like wakanda clearly interacts with the rest of the world does not mean that it's necessarily influenced by the rest of the world so even though it's not colonized um it is aware of you know the fact that colonization happens and just like with anything else like if you were we talk about not being a bystander to certain situations so you would want people to say something and you want would want people to have a response i think to such behaviors wouldn't you so i i, I don't know um and something that was that came up you know in my conversation and i kind of texted this to ify i was like i wonder if like and guys this is a long shot no do not come from me <laughs> or my family. Let me just Uh-oh. put this out there. Um, we are coming. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of forever, guys? Um, but it just had me thinking of like what Biafra would have looked like oh. if Ooh. that like happened. Do not come <laughs> for me or my family. This is my Afro. We are already banging our spears. We are coming for you. <laughs> this is my Afro futurist mentality. Speaking, do not judge uh-huh. my creative process. What do you mean? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in this, though. But what, what do you mean specifically, like about the Afro? In the sense of how it would have evolved on its own. Like, I'm curious to see what that could have looked like. Mm. Okay. Okay. I feel like Ifani has thoughts, but I'm just trying to get my head around it because I feel like that should be a different topic. I feel like that's a different topic. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot there. I mean, we have to unpack the extent to which Wakanda actually is um, an imitation of existing African states at all, because I think Mm -hmm. the the filmmakers posit that it's a separate African country, and yet it has it has it's it's history um resonates so much with other the histories of other african countries so mm. i i don't know i would even question whether we can we can compare it to other countries but if we can it's interesting because yes it's it's an independent nation that was never colonized but as we're saying it's it's aware of what other similar countries have gone through and Mm-hmm. Um, Biafra would be in a similar situation where it's, it, mm-hmm. you know, it would have become independent, but it of course is very tied to, it would probably remain very tied to what was happening in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, you know, oil would be maybe the equivalent to vibranium and that that would be the resource mm-hmm. that kind of sustained that country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what kind of what kind of foreign policies would Biafra have? Would we? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Now I'm really getting political. Would we? <laughs> <laughs> like it yeah. doesn't raise the question. Like would Biafra be an isolationist country? You know, mm-hmm. it would if it was a successful, a successfully formed state. It would probably inspire other countries similarly to um, the way that uh, Michael B. Jordan would would have wanted Wakanda to inspire other other oppressed mm. peoples like there's a lot there it's just deep but you know okay. I just let's to... not go down the rabbit hole of <laughs> Biafra quite yet because we're talking about Wakanda um yeah, yeah. sorry Wakanda forever guys <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so moving on to the next question what did you think about the storyline of the movie so we've talked visuals We've talked our feels about how it was portrayed, what we thought, all of those things. What do you think about the story, the coco of the matter? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about the storyline? What do you think about the themes in the movie? What things could you identify? Tell me. 
talk to me. Mm. Is anyone mm. here a Marvel fan? Asking because I feel like when it comes to the actual storyline, like I just feel like for people who are Marvel fans, mm. like mm-hmm. they have a very interesting perspective as far as like if the story lined up with the comic books or you know those type of things. Mm. That's what I was curious about. I'm not talking about comic book or like what do you think about it? <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm not particularly interested in like authenticity or you know whether it's oh, true okay. to the comic books or like you know that's inter- that's cool too if you. If that's you know, if, if you have an opinion, sorry, I was about that. to geek out about that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, geek out um, about that. But I'm talking about like, yeah. Okay, for okay, I'll go first. The so plot, for yeah. me, the plot, the storyline felt more felt re- richer, and it felt more emotional than the other Marvel films or anything, you know than any superhero movie I've seen, whether Marvel or DC or whatever, particularly because of the themes of, like, identity and home and, like, regret and, you know, so all of those kind of themes. So it wasn't, it it was a feel-good movie in the sense that it had a happy-ish ending, I guess. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, the hero won, the villain lost that type of situation but it was still the villain losing was you were kind of also rooting for the villain you know like you were you were hoping he saw the light it wasn't as cut and dry villain hero type situation that's that's more that's more of what i'm interested in discussing but totally geek out about the about the um the comic books if okay, that's, we got if you. that's what you want to do too no, no, that's not. I would just, yeah, we don't need to do that. We don't <laughs> We can. Um, <laughs> I mean, so the thing about the story, okay, so, hmm, because X-Men is, it's not, X-Men also has a really great storyline. So it has a storyline about, and like metaphor for like people who are on the outside and rejected by society. So it also has a, quite a rich storyline as well True. but i think what black for black panther it feels personal i would say mm. is was where i would take it it feels personal so it's like a rich storyline but it also feels personal and i felt like this oh man because my heart is so full <laughs> this story that this how it's written it felt brilliant because in the beginning you know, we saw Killmonger's dad, but we didn't even know who that... Like, the way right. it was just, like, re- un- the way it unfolded. My God. Like, <laughs> and so just, just like that, and then there's just so much about it. Like, this, you know, from the women in the story and mm. how grounded and three-dimensional they are. Also, every character felt, like, solid. <laughs> like, mm. every character felt, like, I mean, granted, they could have done more, like, Killmonger's backstory, but I think to an extent, like, every character felt memorable. Mm. Uh, you know, they really they really did that. So the storyline, like, there's just so much about family, about the consequences of your, fa- like, your parents' mm. actions, like, you know, what they do, like, how do you make your own choices? How do you step away from, like, ah, man, ah, ooh, mm. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Somebody else go on. I'm still gathering my feelings. Okay, this is Amayo. Um, so two things. I remember at the beginning of the movie when, um, what's his name, T'Challa was talking to Lupita and he was asking her to come back to um, Wakanda and leave her duty, like what she was doing in like well, like all those her oh. missions, right? And I remember thinking to myself, oh God, here goes the man asking the woman to give up her career for what he oh. wants. <laughs> but then I was happy at the end when, you know, she still ended up doing what she loved doing, like with the center that they set up in LA. Was it LA? Uh, Oakland. 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 Okay, yeah, Oakland. Oh. Wait. Oh. Ah. <laughs> they filmed, they filmed. <laughs> it was filmed in Atlanta, though. They filmed in Atlanta. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so that was the first thing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then second was, like I said earlier, Eric Manga's character. The storyline, I don't know, I had lots of questions, right? So he was young when his dad died. And I was just curious, you know, all those years and, you know, when he was, uh, he, was he was in the military or something, right? Mm. Or, yeah, so, so all those years, like, he spent without his dad, like, where did he get all the information about Wakanda? Like, how did he mm, even, mm, like, like how did he, I mean, yeah, like, he found out that um, 
his uncle killed his dad but then i just feel like all that anger like to be carried on for so long like that's so deep like and then for him to come with this whole agenda to you know like free the oppressed i mean it was quite noble in a way but at the same time it was just like I don't know like what makes you think like you can just come into this place and just change everything and just feel like oh yeah you're, you're the heir to this room blah 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 like it was just a bit too much for me it was mm. it was a lot like i understand yes you're angry you know dad is dead but like i don't know maybe it's just the christian in me is like let go of all that <laughs> anger bro like <laughs> it's for you to say you slowly clearly and you eventually died like it was just too much um for me but yeah no no those are the two things that yeah. I remember. I think um, this is Ifani. Um, what I noticed is that the film, because the film causes you to, the film causes you to become invested in Wakanda and the Wakandan characters. And here's where um, it really uh, overlaps with real life for me because I feel compelled to, to bring up the fact that Killmonger is Wakandan, but we're talking about mm. Wakandans who were born there versus born mm, abroad uh, wink mm, wink diaspora cough <laughs> <laughs> cough you know, but but the film does make you side with the um kind of the 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 wakandans let's say mm. quote unquote and so when killmonger is introduced no matter how valid his motivations are you can't sympathize with him and then on top of that he's this violent angry person and i think a very you know very you know extremely violent person i think it's valid that we feel you know so much um kind of fear of him and um maybe even you know deeper deeper negative feelings for him um but it's very much kind of um i think a classic kind of um uh film it's a, it's a case of like the film functioning and the story or the or the filmmakers wanting you to feel a certain way it's characterization right um so what i saw was that killmonger enters the story and starts to disrupt the order that we've been introduced to in wakanda the order of things and so mm-hmm. because he's disrupting that order we want him to be contained we want him to be stamped out but at the end of the mm. day because um like i like i said when I like I kind of mentioned when I brought up born there Wakandans versus you know born abroad Wakandans at the end of the day I as a viewer still saw an African-American trying to find um his home in Africa and being rejected and 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 acting out of that defensiveness and that trauma that comes with having Mm. been abandoned and having um had to endure this cultural confusion um his whole life and um to witness the oppression of his people and also be conscious of um this other place where people who look like him and who are of him are living so well um and so it it made it made me feel really conflicted about Killmonger as a character um and so reading the critiques of how yes I think we can say he is truly a villain but yes black liberation is not um a bad thing and it's not it doesn't make someone a villain. But I haven't seen a lot of nuance in terms of how do we say, how do we talk about um, Killmonger and condemn his violent behavior without condemning his desire for black liberation as well. Yeah, I feel like they have, well, I don't remember any specific articles, but, well, I think I'm, what's coming to mind is uh, the Long Reads article, Rahawa. Yeah. Um, as well as the one in the Atlantic where they talk about Killmonger's anger being valid, but like his approach and methodology being rooted in world domination mm-hmm. and, and like trying, trying, yeah, and imperialism and trying to use um the master's tools to dismantle the house. Mm. Essentially, mm. was the quote that was also thrown in there, mm. but there wasn't. I don't remember if there was any, like... Yeah, so I think there may have been some mention of, like, Black liberation not being a bad thing, but, like, his approach being... Yeah. Not... Not, like, have has been proven to not actually be enough. 
Mm-hmm. And like oppression is systemic. So like you kind of like even if you give people guns and they shoot people, what about the oppression that remains in the system? Mm-hmm. How is that tackled? Um mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also saw like articles about how T'Challa needed uh Killmonger to become the hero that we <laughs> that we we need cuz like in the beginning Nakia is telling him like we can't just isolate ourselves from like other countries and like not intervene and he's not he's a, he, he he listens but he doesn't his mind isn't changed right and then by the end of the film he's like oh this is such a great idea uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like bruh she was telling you from the start Typical. but he needed killmonger his own cousin <laughs> right he needed his own like his own blood to mm-hmm. fight, like to fight with him, to go through him, to become a much better person, and to have a much more global perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's like, who would he be? Who who would he have been without Killmonger? Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing about the storyline. It's like I was watching and I was like, but damn though, but he right though, but <laughs> Eric is right know? though, you know? yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and and also I think in in the conversation about Killmonger. Acknowledging that anger and like, I don't know, because I feel like he was right to have come angry. I just don't think, I don't even know. Like, because there's this conversation, I mean, there's pacifism. Yes, exactly. And there's room for that because you can't be aware of like the shit that's going on, like Mm -hmm. fully aware of it and be, and also like in some ways be affected by it and not be angry. Not that you need to go and kill your whole family, but you know. Bruh, like if you hear his backstory, like damn though. So that's the other thing, right? There, there are these comments we were, and which I think, and guys, feel free to jump in. Like, there's this danger about, you know, like putting this relationship between T'Challa and Killmonger and like Africans and African Americans. Like, I feel like there's. Yeah, the, there's this danger to it because a, I mean, Wakanda is fictional, but b, Killmonger's anger is also fueled by the fact that it's like there's revenge, and that revenge is because of you know T'Challa's father killing his own dad. Mm-hmm. So there's that there's that person. So it's like yes, it's like a proxy, but also like it's not. It doesn't neatly fit what's happening in real life yeah you know so i think it's something that should be acknowledged in the conversation like and that is why you know at one point i was like guys you guys are doing the most because (laughs) this is fixed like i mean granted it gives us this avenue to have a conversation with each other but there's like limits in the the storyline like like for example like acknowledging what Africa as a like real continent has lost as a result of colonialism and, and the fact that we were not even really in a position to like save you know to chime in and like we can chime in in the conversation about racism but like there's not we can't physically do, we don't have vibranium I wish we had vibranium <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we don't have vibranium but I think there is conversations to be had about how sensitive yeah the topic of sensitivity so you know and we we had an episode about Africans and African Americans on this podcast, but yes. like the two sides, which are really one, um, not really understanding where the other is coming from. So there's a lot of that talking over each other, like you don't understand me, you don't get me, and like missing each other and the losses that we've each had on both sides, and like meeting each other in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, oh. That's a whole nother conversation. But the story was great. Yeah. <laughs> we we had a villain that was like, you know, we could really we could understand and like but we could also see ourselves in. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I thought it was so cute that Chala brought Killmonger to see the sunset before oh. he died. I was just like, hey, yeah, like yeah. Are so beautiful, and you should actually die with that in view. Um, yeah. I, I also I thought Michael B. Jordan was cute. Let's just put that. Damn. Out there. Yeah, so let me just let me just say something. The second time I saw it, every time he came on screen, I was like, mm. I feel like everybody around me was pissed because I was like, mm, mm, mm. that hair. He should never have cut Ooh, that, that hair. hair was glorious. Ooh. Ooh. 
Damn, that was so beautiful. Damn, you know. damn, <laughs> damn. Oh my goodness. You see, what were you licking your lips at the at the screen? Because yes. everybody looked at you smack your lips. And like, I've been watching mm-hmm. interviews and yes. been just, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you said your friend wanted mm. to lick the screen, I was like, me too. <laughs> I didn't even have to see it in IMAX. It's <laughs> uh, <just> delicious. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, the things about, again, we've already said this and the, the proxy and how it doesn't fit neatly, but it also made me think about how, yeah, You've said it. I've tried to think of a way to to add something new to the conversation. But, like, for example, how the clumsiness, for example. So, T'Chaka killing Nobu. uh, Is this his name again? Njobu. Njobu. Yeah, I think Njobu. Njobu? Yeah. Njobu? Okay. Mm -hmm. T'Chaka killing his brother, and, like, essentially forgetting or ignoring that his brother had a family you know that kind of mm. cavalier like single-minded protects wakanda and not think about things you know what 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 are you leaving behind what are you forgetting so that kind of cavalier attitude um that sometimes we africans can have when it comes to concerns about like diaspora and africans and also like to be specific, black, um, black Africans, uh, sorry, black Americans, African Americans, and other black people in the UK. Like some people who, some Nigerians that don't have the range. This is it's not it's not um, mm. directly related. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not a close comparison. But like for example, some continental Africans that don't have the range to talk about racism. Who mm, now yes. choke their mouth Ooh. on Twitter and say, "Oh, you people are so sensitive. Why is everything racist?" Yeah. I'm like, "Bro, like, you live in a homogeneous society. Society. Everything yeah. about where you live, like everybody around you is black. Like, there's not like what the what do you know? Right. Shut, shut your bitch ass right. mouth. Off. <laughs> That's what I want to tell them. You know, so but so yeah. like for me, like when I watched it, like themes like that came to me about like how." we can be cavalier and dismissive and like inconsiderate but also going mm-hmm. back to Killmonger how he came to Wakanda and he was like you know is this your king like kind of also dismissive about tradition and yes, dismissive about yes. like this is why we don't you know like the herb is there for posterity is so that we can have a black panther mm-hmm. after you know so like his how they can how how diaspora and Africans you know, maybe in their bid to connect with the continent, how they can be clumsy in that in that approach, yes. and how that mm-hmm. can like, cause tension, and how that can be hurtful too. So, like when I watched it, when I watched Black, like all of those things, I just I was like, ah, yeah. I was like Ryan Coogler, you are. I don't like that guy is just mm-hmm. a br- he has a brilliant mind. He is brilliant. I don't know maybe he's yeah, projecting all of these feels onto the <laughs> scripts that maybe he didn't even you know, think into this he dimension yeah. about, yeah. but yeah. He did. Yeah. Um, Kind of going off of what Ife said, Yeka, oh, here, the second time around when I watched the movie, it just, like, it hit me that, like, so when Killmonger came into, I guess, the Senate house where they were all gathered, and was like, ask me who I am. <laughs> and oh, yes. he had all that stuff. And then he challenged... <laughs> he challenged the challenge um in that moment like there was tradition the tradition was someone from the royal family like challenged you this was a process that was going to happen until the person yields or the person dies right and then like when t'challa then comes back magically from his frozen casket um, <laughs> and is like here i am you know if he had come up um where in the senate house again he would have challenged him normally. And it just had me thinking of like, is there is there a difference in the way the older generation or things that we consider traditional um, and maybe even more practical would handle things that now with our younger generation, like how our parents say, you know, our blood is too hot. Like, like <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional to see how he was like, forget you, I don't care about tradition. We gonna fight, you gonna die in the end. Um, but that was something that was just really interesting to me to see how 
in those in those two instances where tradition like tradition was followed in one and it wasn't followed in the other oh no boo boo wait are you saying that when uh t'challa came back from the dead he should have challenged he didn't die uh, so they tried no longer no yes oh so that yeah yeah so so this actually i think i cut it the second time is that the challenge is what the way it works is somebody has to die or somebody has to yield. Mm-hmm. And so when Killmonger fought Ch- T'Challa, he, everybody thought T'Challa was dead, but mm-hmm. he wasn't actually dead. Right. So since he didn't die mm-hmm. and he did not yield, mm-hmm. he's still a, he's still the king. So right. the challenge must go on. So it's still, it's still, it didn't happen in the Warrior Falls because we all, we passed that challenge shit. <laughs> oh god, that line is As so my funny. base said, oh, that like, challenge no, that shit. Like that. That's not what I'm saying necessarily. What I'm what saying are you saying? Is in the, in the traditional sense of the matter, like the fight should have been the guys. Like it, has, it didn't have to be in the falls. Like other people did not have to have been involved is what I'm saying. But in the sense of it was the hit of the moment, now we have more people who are involved in this fight and so you're saying the location, the venue of the second fight? Was, no, I don't. It's not or, about the venue. I'm saying, regardless of the venue, the people who culturally should be the ones fighting are the two contenders. But now we have more of an involvement of everybody else who is now under the rule of Killmonger because he's not following the traditional approach to what should happen. So are you saying that because they discard, like because he didn't follow tradition, you know, he didn't have a one-on-one fight with T'Challa. There's a bigger he, mess than needed it to have been. Yeah, so, okay. So, when he threatened the uh, Dharamaje, or, you know, like, essentially, right. yeah, okay, I get it. When he, like, told Wakabi to get in, then... I see. Okay. I okay, see. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see. Got also, it. Also, can we talk about how Daniel Kaluuya's character was not loyal? Daniel! Like, I was just, hey. Daniel, yeah, I was just so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Betsy redeemed himself. He was hurt. I still don't forgive him. He was hurt. <laughs> he was hurt. His general thoughts on that was the least realistic. Thing it was just. Design. It was too quick. The too like quick. uh-uh. Mm. The about face of oh you're my bro uh-uh. you're, you know then I'm actually gonna mm. kill like Next thing. what. Yeah, that yeah. was that, yeah, yeah that, that was, was too much. <laughs> if we're talking about <laughs> least favorite parts of the movie. That'd be one. That was the mm. Uh thanks everyone for listening to part one of our Black Panther episode. Uh there will be part two shortly. So see you guys soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>